I'm into that stuff, like when it, like true crime and all of that, but Jeffrey Dahmer is just on a whole other plane of awful. Like, welcome to the sorting chat. Woo! <laughs> excited about talking to you guys about fantastic beasts and other things that we want to spoilers spoilers oh yes there are gonna be so so many spoilers yeah if you haven't seen it then you just need to be better and see the movie right now just yeah turn turn this off now if you haven't seen the movie yes at this point be done here's what i would like you guys to do on the count of three everybody say one word about how they felt about the movie wait one word yeah Mm. about your feelings yeah one word pick one word that is your dominant feeling toward this film i think i got it all right Cher, are you ready uh i guess all right <laughs> one two three sad Shock. anger oh i knew you were gonna say anger <laughs> i almost said hatred i was shocked at the end of it because of the information we got. Wait, so that's like a lie, right? Like that he's just lying to him, right? He's not lying to him. I do not believe for one second he's lying to him because a phoenix. Oh, he's was lying. There. He's for sure lying. Dumbledore doesn't lying. have another brother. Yes, it is the long lost twin of Ariana. It is. It is. I think it's I think he's lying, but um but if he's not, I'm even more angry. You can't just throw that information into this movie when it just, like, doesn't ever come up anywhere that no. that's even a possibility. No, 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 no. Disagree with both of you. Here's the thing that doesn't make more sense to me. Dumbledore tells this story about how there's this legend in his family that if anybody's really in desperate need, the phoenix will come to them. Where the fuck was that phoenix when Ariana was having her shit? I think he said boys, didn't he? Oh my I think god, did he say boys? I don't know. Maybe I just assumed that because he said something about his grandfather makes me or something. Even I don't know. More angry. I don't remember. I do believe that. that he is a Dumbledore. I don't believe that J.K. Rowling would have thrown that in there about the Phoenix and the Phoenix was there without there him being a Dumbledore. I just don't have, think that that is the case. We don't have enough case. information. Whether or not it's whether or not it's stupid or not, I mean, it may be dumb. I don't know. But I, this is what I feel. This is what I told Leah. I feel like um, Grindelwald is using him to get Dumbledore back, to pull him back into the greater good stuff. Because if in actuality that is really his brother, what would Dumbledore want more than a younger brother to kind of take the place of Ariana in that sense? Does that make any sense? Like, if his brother is in cahoots with, you know, Grindelwald, why not? You know, I think Grindelwald is going down that thought process of they obviously have a deep connection, a blood tie or whatever, and he wants him back. That is my romantic brain's answer to all of this. Grindelwald wants to kill him. Yeah, he wants to kill him. And he wants to use Credence to do that. Yeah. And he's just literally, like, saying whatever he thinks Credence wants to hear because there's that scene where Queenie's like, you gotta be, like, gentle with him. And then he goes and says all this bullshit to make him feel like he's, like, you know, special so that he won't, like, explode. But also, I think, like, Credence Credence is younger, like, much younger than Ariana would be. So I don't think oh yeah, the math don't like... work out. It, like it does not work out. Like his mother died before. You know, his mom died. What like before Ariana died, right? Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't have had. She could not have birthed this child. Mathematically speaking. It, it, we're gonna find out. I know, but this is my theory, and I'm going to hold fast to it, even if I have to eat crow later. I I do think whether he's using him to kill Dumbledore or whether he's using him to try to get Dumbledore back, he's using him. And this is a Dumbledore. He's extremely powerful. And I think that that runs in line with the whole blood thing. I guess, but it would be great if J.K. Rowling could break away from this notion that all powerful wizards have to come from the same families. Or that every boy that's born has to be like a special savior or or something. (laughs) See, that's what I thought was, like, that's why I, I... 
really would hope that the Dumbledore thing is a lie because I think what's really interesting about Credence is like there's this whole thing where he's trying to figure out how he's part of like you know the Lestranges like how he's part of this special family right. and then it's like oh no you're just a rando baby that got swapped like you're just you're nobody you're Ray you're just this random baby and like yeah, that's what Ray. I think is super interesting about it is like he isn't anybody special he's not from a special family right. he's just like a random kid that like ends up being very powerful your parents were junk traders and they left you behind <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's why it makes it like that's it's the same kind of thinking but like that's why it made me so sad like because um like i love credence like credence and, and maybe it's just because i love ezra miller but like i'm just so sad for him because like he just really wants to like belong somewhere yeah. and he wants to be loved and he's just being like used so much and it just it hurts i who was your standout like who who out of the whole movie did you think, oh, really delivered for you as far as, because like, I don't know, I'm just going to segue into this. I really enjoyed um, Lita Lestrange because it seems like, first of all, the Sirius family or Sirius's family has like a really deep undercurrent of just bad things happen, especially to people who step out of that dark wizard line or whatever like, you know, how Sirius fought for a different side than his family would have liked, and uh, Regulus did as well, and they all end up dead. And Lita, it seems like they get that strength from Lita, because Lita was, pro was like, the first one in her family to really kind of veer from that. Yeah. Uh, is she, is she, I can't remember, I just read this, but, like, is she mentioned in the family tree scene where... Well, she's no. not part of the Black family. She's part of the Lestrange but the, family. Yeah. But the Lestranges are on there, right? I don't think yeah. so. Are they? I mean, Bellatrix yeah. and Rodolphus are they're um, married. his cousins. No, but the oh, Lestranges are his cousins. But anyway, I really enjoyed Lita, and I thought I think that her actions, like I didn't, I didn't see her actions coming. Like I think, like everyone else, I thought, oh, she's definitely going to go with Grindelwald and I don't be know. I didn't like Bellatrix or whatever. Have any interest in her hardly at all. I actually enjoyed her character. I, I liked but... the scenes, the flashback scenes. I thought those were in line with like what I've wanted J.K. Rowling to write all along, like yeah. about there being complexity in these different houses, especially Slytherin House. Yay! Yeah. But then she died for no exactly. reason. Yeah. No, I like that <laughs> flashback a lot. But then I was very confused about the whole baby swapping thing and then it was really yeah. sad but yeah and then at the end i was just like what is the purpose of her doing this like they could have literally all disapparated and they would have so been many fine. had done in that scene like i don't get why she like, again another situation where magic was not thought of in the time of need that it another situation where a narrative sacrifices a female character in order to bring two men closer together <laughs> <laughs> For no, um, no good reason. Exactly. Uh, speaking of women being on the screen and serving zero narrative purpose, what the fuck, Nagini? Wait. So okay. I, what, I don't remember them calling her Nagini. They call. He they called did. her Nagini exactly one time. If you didn't listen, okay. you wouldn't know who she was. If you couldn't okay. hear. You know what I mean? That one time at the very beginning. Um, I mean, but so she was there on the bridge at the end at Hogwarts. So I feel like she'll play into the next movie. Yeah, and like, I feel like this was just her. Now, you know, like, this was her setup movie. But she didn't do or say anything. And we don't know anything about her. Like, there are too many characters in this movie. Don't bring her in until she's needed. I feel like I know something about her. I feel like I know something about her. Yeah, I felt like you kind of get the sense of like her being another one of these kind of like lost yeah. characters exactly. that doesn't have anyone and I, I really did feel like this was kind of just like her her setup and then uh, yeah but it, it, again in a movie with so much going on she didn't actually affect the story in any way and I feel like yeah it, it made it more muddy it felt a little cheap like hey here's this thing you've heard of this guy you've heard of aren't you interested in this Come back for the next one. This whole idea of, like, she's there for Credence, Credence is there for her, then Credence leaves her for Grindelwald, which then again, which leaves her in a weird and compromised position to eventually f hook up with Tom Riddle. Yeah, I just wish they'd given her something to do. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, there, yeah, I mean, I think if you were going to get, like, I don't know, why was Nicholas Flamel there? Like, he served yeah, no purpose in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, However, at least it was funny. I don't think yeah. he should have shown up in the graveyard at the end. I think his one little scene back at the safe house was plenty. 
if we're going to do any at all. They could have showed... I mean, I don't know who he was talking to in that photo album. Yeah, who was that lady? Who was that supposed to be? Was it his wife? It wasn't his well, wife. Well, it was Jessica Williams or somebody from, like, the news, but, like, I don't know who her character was supposed to be or why he would consult a book of photographs for advice. So that was... And it bothered me for longer, for long enough that I mi- I kind of missed what was going on directly after that. Um, yeah, it was a little bit odd. So it, they could have just ended it there and, like, just show the Philosopher's Stone in the background somewhere. That would have been fine. I wish that the, um, the whole Lestrange family tree thing hadn't just been done in, like, exposition. Yeah. Right. Like, it was just like, and now we will narrate to you exactly all the confusing clues we've laid right. out. Yeah. Although um, that story was fucking horrifying about it was mother yeah or his mother yeah yeah being like a slave basically like a sex slave to this guy that that was so it was an interesting uh an interesting metaphor for colonialism or something exactly that's exactly what i thought because in that moment i was like oh he wants her a little more sophisticated than jk rowling usually gives us why would you want to be with someone who's imperious i guess if you're a sick fuck you want to be with somebody who's imperious but yeah that was that was twisted and awful that was awful i guess marope gaunt was a sick fuck as well right yeah oh well yeah she used the love potion right and what yeah. trying to speaking of which what the fuck queenie yeah i'm sorry they did not do that well that was done badly yeah. i didn't buy it and yeah um okay that was the only part of that story besides the weird nicholas Vamel thing and other things we've brought up but that was the part that I was most angry about when I left was Queenie doing that because it seemed like completely out of left field. And I know that they built up to that. In but just they did They could have done that better. Yeah, they, they, they tried to build up to her, like, aloneness and the voices in her head and then Kowalski saying that she was crazy. Which she is, by the fucking way. If she would do that to the person that she loves, she is crazy, by the way. Right. Yeah. So, so... But, like, I don't think they were playing it as, oh, she's just crazy. I think, like, what they were trying to do and what they could have done more effectively was have her sympathize with this, like, yeah, we just want to be out in the open so we can love whoever we want. And then she'd be free to be with Jacob. And I think they could have done a better job of of doing that. Rather, like, the putting the, like, love potion or love spell or whatever on him was, yeah, definitely, that did not, I don't know, make you feel... Like I don't know, empathize with that with the character and with her choices. Right. Um, but I feel like there was a way they could have done it where she just was like in love and desperate and wanted to figure out a way to make it work. And this like message was appealing to her, and it just didn't. Which, they did yeah. not succeed in doing that. Which would have been a little bit more convincing if at the rally he had not talked about how we need to eradicate muggles, right? Because they're gonna end the world. Yeah, of course he shows everybody what's gonna happen in World War Two. We got to stop this. He wasn't saying eradicate muggles though. He was saying like it's they implied. have to take control because the muggles can't be trusted not to eradicate themselves. Which is fucking bad enough. You know what I mean? That's bad enough. And and he he compares them to animals. I just think if she was really listening, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It just it didn't convince me. They could have chosen a, uh, some better words for him to say where cuz all we all we really care about is what she's hearing in that moment. We know that the rest of those folks showed up cuz they're already kind of in, you know what yeah. I mean? Like um but I I understand what they were trying to do with her character which was show how perfectly normal people get get Mm-hmm. tied up in like fascism and but the, but it did they didn't do it well enough um, yeah that's the so, thing about like i feel like a lot of this movie like there's just a lot of things that they just like you know didn't didn't do well enough yeah well they were trying to do a lot like she's just kind of by herself for a huge chunk of the movie mm-hmm. and I, I i always thought like when i watched it i was like that was weird because wouldn't you think that they would be concerned with where Queenie was. Because she goes to the French uh, ministry or whatever and asks for her sister, and they're like, she's not here or whatever. And then she leaves, and she's sitting on the stoop, and Kowalski's gone, and she's trying to kind of... They're looking for I guess locate them at some point with her mind, and she's hearing all these voices, and so she's kind of in this weird, alone moment of desperation. But I just... I just thought like why weren't they thinking about her why wasn't tina thinking about her well tina thought she was back home with kowalski well tina didn't yeah tina didn't even know she was in paris 
Um, and as for as for Kowalski and Newt, they were f- trying to find Tina. Um, Kowalski kind of has to rely on Newt to get around and figure things out. And right. his his whole thing was, if we find Tina, we'll find Queenie because Queenie's going to Tina. So let's look for Tina. But really, he wanted to find Tina. <laughs> were Were there things that we liked particularly about this movie? I love Kowalski. I I always love Kowalski. He's amazing. He's awesome. Yeah, I thought he was great. I mean, I also like the the, the creatures. Um, oh yeah. But I like what what is up with his like assistant? What's her name? Like yes, that was uh, Bunty. Uh, Bunty. I yeah. like her. Um, I liked her, but again, unnecessary. Yeah. Because like, she yeah. disappeared and never to be heard of again. As far as we know, she got eaten. Um, <laughs> by Kelpies. Bunty's yeah, run away with the Kelpies. Um, Kelpie. Yeah, I. I don't know. I feel it sounds like, like you guys don't like the movie, which is fine. It's not that I yeah, don't like it. Really. It's just that I feel like it just kind of doesn't really... It didn't feel like it advanced the story enough. Like, I feel like the whole time everybody's just looking for Credence and trying to figure out who Credence is, and then at the end you still don't know who Credence is. Because um, I don't buy the explanation, and so... Yeah, it's just, like, a lot of people chasing other people around. Right. And yeah. you don't really, like... And even, like, the characters, like, there isn't... I mean, like, I feel like Newt's character kind of, I don't know, develops a little, but it's just so small. Like, the amount of, like, I don't know. His character just doesn't, like, grow that much. And so it's kind of just, like, what... Which is hard to do when you're presented in the first movie as the only character who does the right thing all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's distant from his brother. Yeah, his brother sucks. Yeah. He's, you know, he doesn't want to pick sides. Yeah, because both sides are bad. I mean, he does say at the end he picks a side and he does the whole hugging thing, but... I think it's silly. <laughs> yeah. I guess he's picking his brother's side because he loves his brother. That's what. That's how I'm taking it. No, it's that's, not like, that... that's definitely how I interpreted it. And, like, okay. maybe that's, you know, maybe that's something. Maybe yeah. being able to, like... I mean, why do we hate his brother? I don't really. He's he's just sort of like a he non-entity. He reminds me of Percy a little bit because of his yeah. steadfastness to the ministry and everything. Uh, yeah. I feel like but... I went into it assuming I didn't like him, and then I was like, wait, I don't remember why we don't like him. Because, like, he's not... I mean, he's not, like, a bad character. He's just, no. like, not... He's not new. And I could see why they don't get along. And also, he stole his girlfriend, I guess. But yeah, you assume he's going to be this like kind of arrogant, you know, war hero, right. whatever. And he's just like, and he's just kind of, eh. yeah. He's just a guy. He's just some guy, you know. <laughs> he just wants to hug people. Yeah, but he doesn't ask first. That's oh. true. Hmm. Ooh. Um. But I think also like. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see in the next movie because I think the uh, the idea is that his brother is kind of a, you know, what's the word? Um, not conformist, but like somebody who goes along with the, you know. see Yeah, like, but he doesn't, like, he doesn't push back or challenge kind of like what he's told right. to do and uh, like uh, what the Aurors are doing in that situation. Like, they're just like killing people. And I so I feel like what you're going to see in the next movie is probably like for his, if his character is still prominent, like for him to maybe be kind of pushing back against the just doing... Which he kind of did at the end when he was like, don't kill anybody, that's what they want, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I don't feel this way um, because I like the core crew so much. You know, Queenie, Kowalski, Tina. I like Tina fine. To be honest, I was surprised that there was anything romantic going on between her and Newt. When the, I was like, oh, is that how we left it? I didn't yeah. realize that's how we'd left it at the beginning because there was so little there. Yeah. Like, chemistry-wise. I, I rewatched it yesterday. Um, she's so annoying in the first movie. Like, yeah, she does. For, she like, the first two-thirds first of the movie, she's just, like, getting him in trouble for no reason. Yeah. She just, like, almost gets them killed for literally no reason, and she really annoys me. But, yeah, at the end, she's all, does Lita good? Lestrange like to read? I didn't know she could read. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is, is like we know they end up together because we do. Wait, do I we? Don't, I don't. Yes, know because they have they marry each other. It's in the not the epilogue or whatever, but it's somewhere in the books that they get married and have descendants. They have kids. What on earth? She's yeah. not in the books. Tina Goldstein's not in the books. Yeah, her name is Tina Scamander. You guys don't know this? 
Newt Scamander is the only Scamander in the books. Like that's like outside of the books, the whole Luna marrying his grandkid or whatever. That's like not in the books. Yeah, but they have kids and and then she marries we don't know that he marries her necessarily, but I'm I'm pretty sure he does because I read it somewhere. I know I've I it's oh, okay. not like this just popped in my brain and it's just there. I'm pretty Spoiler sure Spoiler alert. Dale read it somewhere. Does Newt ever become like the care of magical creatures professor? Also, second question, does that subject exist prior to Newt? Mm. Because it seems like everybody's really down on magical creatures and then he writes his book and people are like maybe like, oh okay. So maybe he's the inaugural professor of care of magical creatures at the end. He does have a little bit of that Hagrid sort of lo- like when he introduces, I'm, I can't think of the word. He has a little, he's a little Hagrid-esque when he introduces Kowalski to these new animals. Yeah, it's a little disregard for like safety. He's a little cavalier about, you know, how dangerous these creatures are. This is his spouse, Porpentina Goldstein. Okay. Porpentina? <laughs> Oh, you didn't know that her name was Porpentina? It's ridiculous. It's short, <laughs> you know, Tina's short for Porpentina, duh. That's not a name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it is stated that Where they are married stated? in the Wikia. Oh. In the Harry in, Potter Wikia. How does. Who? Tina later became the wife of famed magizoologist and author Newt Scamander. Who writes this Wikia? I don't know, but I know that I saw it, and not just in the Wikia. I know that I saw it somewhere. You guys have to believe me. I believe, I believe it. You, you saw, saw it, it somewhere. I just don't know who the authority behind these things is. It's okay. It's fine. We'll find out when the movies get made. By the time I'm 40, I'll know for sure. So I rewatched the first one yesterday, and I liked it more than I remembered. But I still feel like the scene where they have dinner is weird. And it's so slow, and I don't understand why they just take all of these weird long pauses. They do. That was my whole point. It seems like many years ago, because it was like our first or second episode. I don't mind the, the like the pace of the movie, but that scene in particular just feels like a lot right. of like shots of people just staring. What is going on? Yeah, there were several scenes like that. Yeah, I think a lot of what I'm attached to in that movie is things that I infer. Mm-hmm. And things that are not explicit on the screen about the characters. But I think that they're meant that way. Like, I think we're supposed to respect Newt's aversion to violence and mm-hmm. his uh, compassion for animals and eventually people as well. <laughs> and his, his, his friendship, his budding friendship with Kowalski and Kowalski taking everything in stride and uh, Queenie being this very powerful which, you know, I mean, she could use that mind power. She could be an aura, no problem. She could be evil. That's also true. And maybe she will be. Maybe she, I don't think she will, but. <laughs> yeah. They haven't earned that. You haven't earned it, JK. They all seem kind of unconcerned that Queenie just went over to the dark side. Like, obviously Kowalski, but there weren't, like, a lot of, like, reactions from, like, Tina, which yeah. you would think she well, just. she you doesn't know. emote very much. Yeah. I thought the salamander eye thing was sweet. Yeah. Tina's just, like, so, like, I don't know. Undeveloped as a character? Yes, exactly. But also, <laughs> yeah. she's just, like, yeah, she doesn't, you're right, she doesn't emote. But you just, like, she just feels so harsh all the time. And I just, like, I don't understand why they don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't like that. that her, you know, it's, like, they give her a little bit more to do in this movie, but her number, her operating uh, emotion is, like, jealousy. Like, that's what made her run off and, like, okay, come on. She's a human being, right? Yeah. Just falling into trope after trope that does not help women. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, it would be interesting if, like, I don't know, if her more of her motivation was about, like, and maybe this is also playing into gender, but, like, being, like, concerned about credence and like i mean she had an attachment to that character and like i think she did i don't know if that was kind of more of her driving yeah i mean like that's part of it but like in the first movie it was so clear that both tina and uh newt cared so hard for this boy and were so disappointed at what happened Mm -hmm. but i don't get the sense that anybody cares about him really in this movie other than like uh you know a lit fuse that's about to go off and we gotta either 
let him explode in the right place or douse him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're supposed to get some from, like, Newt that he, you know, wants to save him. But I feel like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that could have definitely been a lot stronger. I feel like I don't need any, like, romantic storyline between Newt and Tina. I just want them to both, like, I don't know, really care about Credence. We've got our good romantic storyline. We established it in the first movie. Yeah. It's kind of like... In the books, I didn't really care that much about Harry and Ginny. Yeah. That wasn't really the point of that connection, I don't think. Yes. You can have, like, very good platonic, you know, relationships, and they can love each other, and they can both be committed to doing this, like, thing and working together and being very close, and it doesn't have to be a romantic thing. And it doesn't have to be, like you said, motivated by... Uh, there doesn't have to be just, like, jealous, like, undertone or whatever. Yeah. Um, I almost saw the film... Well, I didn't, but um, when I went to try to see the film today at 12.30, the screening was show... Uh, words. It was, <laughs> it was sold out, and I was like, who on earth is going to see this movie at 12.30 on a Wednesday afternoon? And apparently a middle school had bought out the entire theater. Oh, that's... And so I had to wait three weird. hours until the next one, um... <laughs> and then I, they, like, weren't seating, like, because the theater was closed to be cleaned. And I was just like, what is going on in there? And then all of, like, literally every employee at the movie theater came out with trash cans. And this one woman in the front was like, <gasps> never, never again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I heard somebody else say that they had come to the 1230 screening and bought tickets. And then someone that worked there was like, just FYI, it's an entire middle school in there. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't do it. And so they, like, didn't, and they came back later. But, yeah, apparently those kids just trashed the theater. Yeah, I believe it. And also, I'm sure it was so loud, and I would have been so mad. I saw it with three friends, three adult friends, and my daughter, because uh, Anthony was working, so I needed, I had to bring her. Um, Plus, you know, Mm -hmm. she... She likes movies. Yeah. But she, uh, I've started doing this thing. I read this thing on Facebook where you shouldn't ignore your kids. What? Okay. The, (laughs) the article was about not ignoring, um, invisible disabilities. Okay. And I wouldn't say that this is a disability of hers, but she gets real anxiety about certain types of scenes in movies. Mm -hmm. And I have tried to get her not to be anxious about that. And I realized I'm not a fucking doctor. So when I feel like something is about to happen that is going to upset her, I say, you might want to leave. <laughs> like, I don't, like if I feel like two people are going to get into a fight or somebody's going to be embarrassed. Yeah. She doesn't like to see I those have, scenes. So, I like, tell her I to have go. that problem, like, big time. Like, but mm-hmm. if I watch it in a theater, I can handle it. If I watch a movie at home, I will literally pause it, like, 15 times because it, I have to, like, get, like, right. the, I don't know, gumption to, like, make myself, like, sit through it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I'll just literally just pause over and over, or I'll, like, mute it and put the subtitles on and just, like, cover the screen and just... It makes me so uncomfortable to watch people get embarrassed. She will leave the room if somebody has been told specifically not to do something and does it anyway. <laughs> so if somebody's going to be embarrassed or if they're going to do something the wrong way... And if two people get in a fight, like a fight, uh, a shouting fight... Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel bad because I feel like, is there something in my parenting that has made her so afraid of these things? I think that's probably the thing, though. Like, if you're not around people that yell, it's, like, unfamiliar and uncomfortable. And, like, it would make you, like, yeah, I scared, guess. I guess. Yeah. Um, if it's not something you're used to. Yeah, but I get what you're saying, Lucy, because there are times where I'm like, have I messed up my kids forever? Like, because, <laughs> like, that's her cries <laughs> at the drop of a hat. I mean, he's just really connected to that emotion as far as showing sadness or just crying at things and in it you know I think people are like like he was called crybaby in first grade a couple of times by some kids no. and so it was just kind of a bummer but I was just like well I I don't want to tell him to suck it up because yeah you don't, you don't want no. you don't want them to be detached from their feelings or detach themselves yeah. from that emotional side so I just tell him you know, when it, whenever he cries about something that I don't think is a big deal, like, say, the tablet isn't working or something weird. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, something really, you know, I'm like, I try to explain to him that it's not 
a huge deal that the tablet's not working. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah. there's explanations, but there are times where it's it, I get very weary of it because I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, even, I think even the most, like, empathetic kid doesn't always get, like, but it's worse elsewhere. You know what I mean? They don't get it yet. Mm-hmm. Because they haven't seen it and they haven't lived it and that kind of thing. And I, I guess most adults are like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> after the hurricane, they get it a little bit more because. Oh, for sure, yeah. The, their idea of like permanence, like their home was just destroyed. So I think they're, they're having been through that, they kind of understand that things don't last forever. Like your house can yeah. be gone in a second due to a storm or whatever. So they have experienced that more now and have had to deal with that. But, like, almost every night, like, June will say something like, did our house blow away? And I'll say, well, kind of. You know, it, it, we can't live in it anymore, you know, because of the hurricane. So there are a lot of those weird questions that I get and I have gotten since the hurricane where, did you know, did Target blow away? Did this blow away? Like, um, I can't find my stuffed animal. Did it get blown away in the hurricane? Just stuff like that where she's just trying to figure out, like, what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, trying That's in her brain to compute, like, what exactly this hurricane did. Like, the kind of damage it did. How much of this kind of thing are you comfortable with me leaving in the episode? Oh, it's fine. Whatever you... Yeah. I, like, still, like, I mean, I cry at most movies. Like, movies just make me cry. Um, I usually go see movies by myself. Like I, it was funny because when you were just like, I went to see it with three friends. I was just like, oh wow, it didn't even. That's not a thing that I normally do. It was just for this special. Yeah, like just like didn't even think about it. Um, but yeah, like when I watch movies now with my parents, like, um, like when I go visit them on breaks or whatever, I'll probably cry, and I'm just like, I don't want people to see me crying. Like I don't know. Um, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, well, luckily, I did not yeah. cry at this movie because I was not sad about it. I was just mad the whole time. I think I teared up. I teared up uh, some something to do with Kowalski, but I don't remember exactly which part. I think is. He says, "I didn't say it." I, that that made me sad. Like, yeah. you know, it was just one of those weird little moments. This was really fucking inspired. It was like, what would it really? It was like what we were talking about. What would it really be like yeah. to be in a relationship? You can't even have private thoughts. No. Yeah. And Kowalski's so good. Yeah. I mean, I just like just his delivery of so many different like you know. Oh, we're licking the dirt now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was even funnier I in this movie him. than he was in the last one. I would say that's a plus yeah. for this movie. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I like I I love all of like Newt and Kowalski's interactions. Yeah, like if we're talking about things in the movie that we like, yeah. like I just I love their dynamic. It's, it's very really good. It's very it's Doctor really Who and companion to me. Yeah, very similar to that. Yes, dynamic it is because, exactly. You know, Doctor Who is. And I wish there had been. Yeah, more definitely. I wanted more Kowalski and Newt interaction in that movie. There yeah. wasn't nearly enough. I of feel it. like almost I wish that these movies didn't have anything to do with Grindelwald or. Dumbledore. I almost wish that it was only about our friends and just. I mean, they gotta fight somebody. Yeah, there's gotta be some sort of malevolent thing going on for them to. Um, I have a lot of questions about Grindelwald. Okay, shoot. So, like at the end, they're at Nurmengard Castle, but I thought that was a prison. Yeah, I don't know. I was confused about that too. Like, maybe it becomes a prison? I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. But, yeah, I was confused about that. Also, I was confused about who that girl is that's with him. Oh, yeah. Is, like, is she supposed to be important? Like, she didn't even get a name? Like, what was that French about? I think they called her, like, Rosier or something. Rosier? Yeah. Yeah, but who knows? Oh, that's a a Death Eater character. Is it? Um, Yeah, um, I was actually going to mention something. The guy who plays the head of the Aurors, mm -hmm. right? His name. Travis. His. <laughs> Travers. Travers. No, that's. I'm pretty sure his name is Travers. Travers. It's Travers. <laughs> Travers is the. Uh, I thought Travers was. Yeah, the he becomes the minister of magic. I thought it was Travers. Oh, it's I Travers. Was calling him Travis. <laughs> I'm pretty it's sure it's Travers, Travers Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. I thought you were telling me that there were two characters in this movie, and one was named Travers, and one was named Travis. <laughs> 
If it was tra- if it was Travis, then we need to make sure oh, that we make a spell called Travis at the end of it. I think it probably just plays Randy Travis. <laughs> no, no, please no. I'm gonna love you forever, forever, forever and ever. ever. Amen. Amen. No, thank you. What What are my other Grindelwald questions? Oh. Okay, I felt like in the last movie he had like a British accent, and now he has whatever I think accent. It's still also, to be why British. is he so pale? <laughs> Why why does he have bleached eyebrows? He's been eyebrows? imprisoned. He's been imprisoned. Also, what the hell was that scene where like Travis is like um Travis? <laughs> he's like, "Why can't you fight Grindelwald? Is it because of this?" And then it's just like two teenage boys staring lovingly into each other's yeah, eyes. Like, be- why would he know that? How would he have that memory? What, where does that come from? What kind of sick perverted magic is this, Travis? Is this what you watch at home alone? Does Travers does Travers get imperious and used by Voldemort? You mean Travis? <laughs> Go ahead. Does Travis because I'm pretty sure doesn't he get used in the doesn't he become a Death Eater or get used in the whole thing? Yeah, Travers is a character in the books, but he's not a Death Eater, right? Let's find out. Hey, Google, who's Travis? <laughs> <laughs> who's Travers? Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. He is a Death Eater. There is a tra- Death Eater named Travers. Ah, oh, it is a Death Eater. It is a Death Eater. Wait, but did we did we look up the character in the movie to make sure that his name is not Travis? Yes. It's Travers. It is I Travers. You, it's Travers. It is not Travers. Let me ask Google one more time. Is there somebody named Travis in Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald? <laughs> Unsurprisingly, Google has no answers for me. I'm going to assume that he's an Auror. He's the head of the Aurors. He becomes a Death Eater, which is... I think maybe it's just not an uncommon name. I, no. I don't think it's him. It's Because he he would be too old to be a Death Eater. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. It's 1920s. He would be like 100 years old. Does that matter when you're a wizard? Dumbledore is yes. in his hundreds. But he's rare. Like, there aren't that many. Like, Dumbledore and, like, Professor Tofty are, I, I yeah. think that... Griselda Marchbanks. I think that it's somewhere in between both of you. I think that she uses the name significantly because she doesn't use names accidentally ever, but I don't think it's the same Travers. Yeah. It might be his, like, son or something. Maybe. It's not him. It can't be him, it though. It could like, very I mean, well just, be like, him. It could very well be him. Or his son. Know. Either way, it's got to be somebody connected to him personally because he wouldn't be the head of the Aurors. It's just too sweet. Yeah, she she's very careful about names. Yeah, I'm not saying his son doesn't. I'm saying, yeah, that's a total possibility that it's his son. I just don't think it could be him. It could be him. I mean, if Dumbledore is fighting into his hundreds, then it definitely could be him. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. Uh, I, I think it's a moot point to keep arguing because we don't know... Um, <laughs> We don't know which Travis is it. We don't know. Um, I I just I don't think it's a moot point. I think it's well, it's a it is moot when we don't know, like because you guys don't agree. Yeah, there's no way we can know yeah. until we get and further I don't along. care that much about Travis, but I will say this: <laughs> McGonagall was it? Is she's that she was there, but she shouldn't be there. She shouldn't be there. Why not? She is not that old. Is she not? She doesn't come. No. How? She's not as old as Dumbledore. What are you guys talking about? She is there. In terms of the <laughs> canon of the the books, she's not there yet. My understanding is that she wasn't born until the 30s. She's not even born yet. Yeah, so like Maggie Smith is way older than the actual McGonagall character right. in the book. Maybe that's what they're following. Yes, that's a good point. This mm-hmm. is book canon, not movie canon. There is... Uh, movie canon is different. Like, there's less math to do. They never tell us when it's happening, you know, and that kind of thing. So, if we're, if, I think that these movies are, are prequels to the, to the movies and not to the books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, we can treat things differently. But, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense for McGonagall to be there because she's not there in any of the other, like, flashbacks. Um, like, even when you're flashing back to, like, Tom oh, Riddle, yeah. which is after this. You know, 
McGonagall wasn't there then either, was she? No. Because Dumbledore was the Transfiguration teacher then. Did he ever actually teach Defense Against the Dark Arts? Not in the books. In the books? But in the movie, they said that he was. I'm not sure why they did that, because, yeah, he was the Transfiguration teacher in the books. I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, <sighs> why were their robes oh. blue? I don't know, but I liked it. I like those robes. I, I, I kind of can't wait to see people start dressing up as, like, old-time mm-hmm. Hogwarts kids. Yeah. Um, hey, were we going to talk, just to completely non-segue, um, but were we going to talk about war? What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. So, yeah, in the first movie, Newt asks Kowalski, you fought in the war, and he's like, yeah, everybody did. And then he says, Newt says he was... Mostly on the, on the eastern, eastern front. front with uh, Ukrainian iron, iron bellies. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that leads to the question, do wizards fight in muggle wars, or was it a wizard war that muggles got dragged into, or mm. were they two simultaneous wars? Um, what's yeah. going on? Well, Anthony suggested that maybe, because he says in the movie, I worked with dragons. A- Anthony suggested maybe he was getting the dragons out of the area. Like, maybe. That was his, his his contribution to the war. That doesn't seem like something that would be sanctioned by any uh, anybody at the Ministry of Magic. That doesn't mean he didn't mm-hmm. do it, care. though. Like, who is uh, yeah, to yeah. follow rules? Have you ever read that book? Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's about Baghdad. Matilda. But it's, the title has, like, Babylon in it or something. I don't know. There's a book about a guy that rescued all the animals in the Baghdad Zoo during the Iraq War. Um, And it's super fascinating. But, yeah, like, I don't think it was, like, officially sanctioned by anybody. It was just, like, a conservationist from South Africa who funded it himself and just, like, showed up and was like, I got to get all these animals out. Um, And I wonder if he would consider that part of the war effort. Like, I was in the war. Like, that's a different thing. Yeah. Because he doesn't take sides, Newt. You Mm -hmm. know, that's his thing. He's there for the animals. Um, So I'm wondering if... If we can read that differently. But maybe not. I, I feel like it was a throwaway line that wasn't thought of carefully enough. And now we have questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what this podcast is about. I don't remember how many of these movies there's going to be. But, like, eventually we're going to get to, like, World War Two, right? Yeah. So, like, it where spans... do wizards fit into that? I was looking back on it today and, and there's supposed a, What I heard was five films spanning from the 20s to the 40s. Yeah, but it's just like, it gets kind of tricky, right? Because if you get into World War II and wizards just sit around and don't stop the Holocaust, then that's kind of fucked up. So, like, how do you... Yeah, uh, that would be messed up. How do, you, how do you bring an actual real historical thing that happened into the wizarding world and try to say that wizards were around, but, like, I don't know, were they part of the war? Were they sitting it out? Um, were... Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's a lot of questions that come up if you think about, like, how wizards fit into the whole geopolitical uh, landscape. Right. I guess they would have to, just like you guys said, if 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 they're, ter- if they're in the territory and it's getting bombed just as much as anything else, then they would have to somehow be involved, wouldn't they, to save their own families and such? I mean, they have, like, wizarding means of protection, right? Like, they could easily just protect their their own selves um, yeah. and not help anybody else. But, like, would they do that? Or would they actually get involved at more of a strategic level in, like, kind of bigger scale things rather than just their, like, individual protection? Right. Well, I have a feeling that she's not going to address it that far. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling that she didn't think too much about the implications um well and that it's also characteristic of the books but they can only she can only think of so much i think right you know what i mean uh, um she can't cover every base and that's what we're ridiculous. here for that's what we're here for to po- poke carefully poke holes in every single thing that joanne mm-hmm. uh carl rowling travis travis <laughs> travis <laughs> Um, but it's just like she showed, I mean, like part of Grindelwald's whole speech was like, hey, look at these images that are coming up from like, those are just like World War Two images. Right. So like, right. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's like, why, why would you show that stuff if you weren't like 
if it wasn't kind of a pre um cursor to actually witnessing those things and like yeah and i think she's going to and i don't think she's yeah, gonna do that's it well it makes me uncomfortable about it yeah it's a little bit scary i think to get into that yeah that has a lot of a lot of implications beyond just grindelwald doing them crimes <laughs> what were the crimes of grindelwald we still don't know he killed a baby or he had someone kill a baby for him that was that, that was, was fucked up and what else did he do? Oh, he... I, that was the first moment I was angry, by the way, when they killed that baby. I was like, they no. didn't have to do that. We yeah. get it already. They could have just, bad. like... Don't make my kid watch that. You could just take the baby guess... and, like, put it at the door of an orphanage, but no. <laughs> or the baby doesn't even have to be there. Like, you know, that's a great way to alienate your audience immediately. Oh, yeah. He also had just, like, he had just didn't done this whole thing about how he didn't want to get rid of all muggles and they could be used as, well, I think he says beasts of burden, honestly. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah. they just kept the baby around to, like, do their bidding. But, no. Yeah, like, imperious just, them or something. Do, I mean, do you need to imperious a baby? I don't know. They're impressionable. I mean, like, the parents, because yeah. they got rid of the parents first, yeah. and then realized, oh, there's a baby in here. What do we do? And then, yeah. I just wish she hadn't done it. Like, we didn't need it. Narratively, we already know they're bad. So that was a crime. He also did crimes to the people. <laughs> so that was a crime. <laughs> he, also, <laughs> he also did crimes to the people when he was escaping in the little stagecoach. Like, I think he drowned That's some people. True. Yeah, but he didn't drown the one guy. That was so bizarre. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. He just, like, <laughs> fell into the water, basically. Saved him. I also don't understand his escape method. He just switched places with some, like, buddy that he had, like, a guard that he had won over. Oh, Abernathy. Abernathy was in the first movie, and there was no indication. Oh, was he? he? Abernathy yeah, felt like such a, like, throwaway character. Like, more so yeah, than... Yeah, he was in the first one. I only remembered it because his um, name was so silly. Well, actually, I guess he is pretty easily... Uh, manipulated because Queenie manipulates him in the first one. Oh, um, I remember him. He's on like the elevator. You're sick again? <laughs> like I remember that guy. And they took that boy's tongue out. But what yeah. happened to his tongue? They took cut it out. But it, he had it. The ministry kept it, or the Makusa, which they never called it again in the second yeah, movie. Yeah, it was by weird. The way, like when the little that? like you know screen thing, it said Ministry yeah. of Magic. United States. America, like, did they change the name? What? Like, what happened? Yeah. Well, I think it was called the Magical Congress. Yeah. Maybe they were. She. Maybe it's two different organizations. It doesn't make sense to me. No. Um. But it's the same president. Um. They kept his tongue, and they gave it to Abernathy, who was actually at that like to return to him. I guess at some point. Got it. It's the wand that made him powerful. I think the Elder Wand. It's not. It's not that he's particularly more powerful or better or anything like that i mean i guess he has some yeah i think he is he is kind of more powerful than some wizards but yeah though yeah I, I feel like if he didn't have that wand he wouldn't be a contender at all for could have been a contender Dumbledore. if you believe that the story of the hallows is in fact completely legitimate I believe oh it. i totally do <laughs> Sherry's showing um, us her Hallows tattoo. Am I the only one that doesn't have a Hallows tattoo? I think so. Well, do it. Do it. I don't have time. Do it. I'm busy. I like the way you move. Boop, boop, boop. I like the oh, way. Oh, I was trying to think about more crimes. I'll tell you what was a crime. I'll tell you it was that beard and hair combo at the beginning that he had going on. <laughs> that was a crime. It didn't look good. It didn't look good at all the entire movie. That's true. Whatever, whatever he did later. It I didn't just look wish. Good. I'll tell you what else That's is a crime. Sort of... Dumbledore's uh, look great in the suit, but come on. When does it? When does? When's Dumbledore's time to shine, fashion wise? It doesn't make sense that he would wear a three piece suit. It doesn't make sense. No, he would be, he would wearing, be wearing and like also his hair should already be robes. Long. His hair. Sh- yes, and it should be ginger because. Yeah, we've. His hair should be long. It should be ginger. He should wear, be wearing like a purple crushed velvet suit. Oh with hell ropes. yes! I wonder if like I wonder if Jude Law walked in there and was just like, "I veto this. I'm gonna wear a three-piece suit." Like he just walked in with his own. Suit. I mean, honestly though, like so few of them are wearing robes. Yeah, it's weird. 
like maybe it's because everybody we're seeing has a lot of interaction with like the muggle world the and so the like, they're just Not used to being clothes. in their normal clothes but even like within like makusa or like the ministry like people are pretty much just wearing like regular clothes and i don't Seraphina understand pickery, it. who has got it got it she's got it the president pickery she oh, wears yeah. great outfits oh yeah definitely I think that I think they're just like playing up that whole era of yeah I, I, by I agree making everyone dress that way I think they want it to be a period to just picture kind of bring more period piece feel to it because otherwise if everybody's wearing robes it just feels like Harry it Potter. makes sense to me but why they did it in the Potter. first movie but it makes less sense at Hogwarts because Hogwarts is supposed to be like timeless right everybody's supposed We're to be all wearing wizards here we can wear whatever here so that is I just think it's weird that he's just so okay. I, I Jude Law is growing on me a little bit as Dumbledore in some of his interactions with Newt, but he just seems too debonair to be Dumbledore. I don't know. To me. Dumbledore's pretty debonair. I think so. I think what sold it for me was his effortless manipulation in the first moments of the film. Effortlessly manipulated Newt Scamander into doing what he wanted oh, him to he do. Oh, he totally did, and that was very Dumbledore of him. Yeah. There are so many things that he is very similar to Dumbledore, but I'm just saying, like, the 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 fact that he's not already long-haired and bearded yeah. and doesn't have... Maybe he was just going through a phase, you know? Yeah. Maybe so. He's old. I, you know, he's who old. knows, but I'm just saying, like, he's... The, the suit just doesn't seem like a Dumbledore I don't thing. know, like, so in one of the flashbacks, um, he wears a suit, but it's like, I mean, it's like a much louder it's suit, like magenta right? magenta or like, something. I mean, I think, the, but it's a velvet or something, but it's a different time period, right? It's like in the, like, 70s at that point. So, like, maybe the idea is that in his youth, kind of, he's more of a, a fashionista. I, maybe he's, like, more in line with the times, and, you know, he's a snazzy dresser. He wears the suit when he goes to get homeboy out of the orphanage and that's like the 50s or something yeah that's in the 50s it's in the 50s i think it's later than that it's not it's not much later because um uh voldemort is like in his 50s by the time we get to the early 90s no he's 70 something when he dies he can't be he can't be that old yeah, he is. No, he can't be because, like, he's in school at the same time as Malfoy. Um, and Lucius Hagrid. Malfoy. And Malfoy is in school at the same time as Snape. Someone look it up because I can't look oh it up God. on my phone. Look up look up how, how old was Voldemort, Voldemort when, when he dies because I'm pretty sure he's in, in his 70s. It says 71. Which means he would have to be born in the well, 30s or 40s. Snape was not in school with means- Voldemort. No, I said Snape was at school with Malfoy. So Lucius Malfoy no. is older than Snape. No, Lucius. Yes, okay. Lucius, Lucius Malfoy is older than Snape, um, but they were at school at the same time. Like when Snape was like in his earlier years, Malfoy was later. But Malfoy was in school at the same time as Voldemort. According to what? Um, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. In a, I, I don't know. It's in either a flashback or it's um. It's... I don't think that they were at school together. I think that he he becomes like a mentor to him. I'm almost positive that they were at school at the same time, even if it was like first year and like seventh year or something. If we're going by the timeline of of Voldemort being in like early seventies when he dies, and I, and I don't know where they're getting this from, but if we go by that timeline, he is he finishes school before Malfoy is born. But this is from the books. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I really don't know. I think we'd have to go and I look. don't know why we, yeah, I don't know where the proof is that he was 70 when he died. I mean, I don't know where that comes from. I think they're basing it on when Dumbledore was doing what he was doing. Like, he had to right. be. Because, because if Dumbledore was, you know, teaching school in the 20s and then mid middle age or a little older than middle age by the by the 40s I would say that obviously he's in his like 50s when he goes and gets Voldemort which would pin Voldemort's time being there in the 1950s um, at, at Hogwarts if he in fact was 71 so, when he died he would have been born he was being born right when all this 30s. shit is happening in these movies by the way exactly. which would be right. interesting 
Like, it makes a lot of sense on the timeline of him becoming who he is, right as Grindelwald is. Yeah, but Grindelwald doesn't go down for another twenty years or something. Right, that's what I'm saying though. But and Nagini is obviously still alive, but fully a snake by the time. Fully a snake. Well, maybe. I mean, if indeed, if indeed this these this series of movies, we're getting real in the weeds here, and I'm sorry to our listeners, but if indeed these movies go forth and take place into the 40s and into World War II, then that, what that communicates to me is that if this battle between Dumbledore and what's-his-face is still going on in the 40s, which I think it is, then that means to me that Voldemort, during those unseen years where he did shit we didn't know about, maybe he, maybe he got involved with Grindelwald in some way, and that would be interesting um, mm-hmm. that but I don't know if we need that. You know? Yeah, it would be interesting because I think like they're both like pretty evil, but I think their philosophies are very different. Very different, yeah. I mean, maybe it comes to the same end, but like I do think like just ideologically they're like operating from very different yeah. kind of perspectives and like starting principles. Ro- J.K. Rowling has made the mistake. I don't think I don't think it's a mistake. She has humanized Gellert Grindelwald to us. Um, in the books. He's humanized by, one, we see his developing relationship a little bit with Dumbledore, but also at the end Voldemort goes in, interrogates him, and he didn't tell him shit. So, he ain't the kind of bad that Voldemort is. But we are, but in the movies they're trying to make it seem like he is. I just think J.K. Rowling wants to have her bad characters both ways. Like, she wants to have this character that's absolutely bad. Nothing can save him. Nothing could have saved him. Like, that's Voldemort to me. But yeah, she wrote Grindelwald a little more humanly in the books. But, but we don't, I don't know. We don't see any of that in the movie. And maybe she's just like, eh, forget it. We'll do that with Credence. Like, that's what Credence is here for. Nature, nurture. Yeah. With, like, just in terms of, like, humanizing Grindelwald, I think, like, right now, he's at kind of, like, the height of his, right. you know, power and whatever, and I think that's probably a thing for him. It seems like that's something that comes with, like, age and, like, probably with being locked up on your yeah, own for, for sure. a very long time. For sure. Um, I just, I know that sometimes the movies didn't, uh, the Harry Potter movies didn't do as good of a job of, of making the characters human Mm-hmm. As the books did, and and I feel that here, like right. I want to, I want to care a little bit about Grindelwald. You know what I mean? I don't want. We're sort of moving past the age of the villain in like popular media, like yeah. the the That's pure true. villain. Like Thanos was right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, although I do think Grindelwald was right. We are going to screw up everything with war, but that's a topic perhaps for another day. But I don't know. I I think it's a mistake for her not to to put a little vulnerable... Vul- Let me start over. A little vulnerability in this character in this movie. But there was yeah, no time. Right. There was no space. Um, and Johnny Depp, bless his heart, phoning it right the fuck in. Like, yep. <laughs> That's just basically what he's done for the last 20 years is phone everything in. Like, I'm not that interested. I want to be so interested. I want to see those boys holding hands in the mirror, Hera said. That was just just the way that it was done felt really cheap. I don't know. It did, didn't it? It was just like they're just staring longingly into each other's eyes and holding hands. And it's like, why can't you see them actually, like, I don't know, emoting or, like, interacting or... You know, it just felt weird, right. and it just yeah, ugh, it didn't feel like organic to the to the story. No, I mean, and I understood that they were using that as a um, exposition device as well to show the yeah. blood oath, which, by the way, it's not how the mirror of Erised works. No, but that's okay. they should have just done it as a flashback. Like, why couldn't they just do a flashback? I mean, there are other flashbacks in the film that are effective. Like they yeah. could have just done a flashback. Why couldn't he just see? Why couldn't he just see a pair of woolen fluffy socks? <laughs> exactly. Or just see I mean, him and Gel. He what he would have seen, if he's gonna see them, is them in their good times. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, that's what I'm saying. Like I want to see them just like hanging out. You know. I don't know. Laughing. Talking talking philosophy or whatever. 
talking about crushing the muggles. Yeah, you don't lead off with, hey, do you hate muggles also? Hey, you want to do a genocide? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Hey, Travis, you want to do some genocide? Um, but, yeah, I think a flashback would have been so much more effective than, is it because of this? I'm or, angry. Or, like, the mirror of said. Damn it, Travis. Um, no, I think, I, uh, man, I, I think the only reason that they set it up that way was just to show that they're each other's weakness. Yeah. Does that make any sense? That's what I feel. That's how I feel they're setting it up, is that, yeah. I mean, that's what I are. want it to mean, but I don't think that's what they're communicating on the screen. Like, I think, well, that's what that's I gather. I hope that's, But, yeah, like, why but couldn't they have done that in a flashback instead of in the Mirror of Erised? Or Maybe they'll the do that next film. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're saving it for the next Maybe. one. Maybe. Maybe they didn't want to delve in, into it's that. It's too, too well, many movies. Well, they didn't have movies. to do it, like, a super lengthy flashback it could have just been them doing the like little blood thing or whatever but like an actual thing and not just a weird like i don't know just the way they're just like staring intensely and super <laughs> pale and just like reflection it just it was weird yeah they're pale from hanging out inside <laughs> and reading a bunch of books and talking about doing a genocide i think that they forgot that in the first two harry potter movies dumbledore was pretty he was played very light and i think people forget yeah. about that like yeah that that dumbledore has a a twinkle in his eye at all times like even though underneath that and maybe that's just old dumbledore but underneath that is very calculating and manipulative mind but his outward yeah. appearance is look at me alas <laughs> earwax did you put your name in the goblet of fire I don't know. I just see that in older people. It just feels like the more older people that I've encountered, they, they've been through so much that they're just kind of at the point where they don't worry as much. Because death is coming soon, Lord. Anyway, but maybe I'm I'm speculating here, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably got more so as he got older, but I still feel like he should be kind of a light, I don't know, have that. What Lauren said. Yeah, and I think Jude Law can be light, but there's always something underneath there. Like, like maybe I don't trust him that much. I don't trust hmm. Jude Law. Well, Dumbledore wasn't very trustworthy. He was trustworthy. On um, People trusted him implicitly because he was usually right. That's true. But they maybe shouldn't have... L- I mean, he continued to follow the basic principles of, like... Um, the greater good for the rest of his life, even if it didn't mean, you know, what what it originally meant. It was like, everything I do is for the greater good. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a, like, different interpretation of what that means, right? Because, like, right. he's still kind of following that principle, but he doesn't interpret it as meaning domination over muggles. Exactly. That's true. I mean, it's saving a bunch of people, but it's still along that same thought process, I guess. Let me let me let me hit you with this one. What if the spell Travis is <laughs> what you cast it's a jinx and you cast it on somebody and they will be able to almost say everybody's name right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So your name would be Lorne. Uh, Lori or Laura. And uh, she would okay. be Sheree. Sharon. Sure, or Sharon. Oh. That's that's better. Every word would be slightly fucked no, up. No, just names. Just like names. And you would and you've had the the jinx done to you and it's like Wait, I, what's Dale's? I I was just trying to it's, think of it. What's a name that's close it would, it's, to Dale? It's already it's it's run it's one syllable, it'd be Doyle. Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh Doyle rule. Um so yes. Doyle. I get called Gale a lot. And then when it, like, I get called Gale because there's no way a woman could possibly be named Dale. With most people. Half the time I introduce myself to people, they think that I've said Sharon. Am I just saying it weird? Like, I try to really enunciate the E, but. Sherry! People think my last name is Stedman. And I'm like, you guys, read the word. When I was growing up, we would get telemarketing calls and they would think that it was slaughter. 
Hey guys. Which then they would be guys, like, is this the slaughter residence? That's your roll that's your roller derby name. Sherry Ladies, slaughter. Nobody said my name right for thirty four years. Shows? Shows. It's not. It's not that. It's not. Shows. Lori shows. Professor Ableist Dambledare. <laughs> <laughs> I have another question. How come like half of the people in the movie pronounce it uh Scamander and the other ones say Scamander? Uh, that's a good point. Mr. Scamander. Well, I, was, I wasn't sure if it was, like, some... They just said it different ways and nobody, like, the script soup was just, like, not on it. Or if they decided it was okay because people pronounce people's names wrong. That's exactly right. I mean, we just were... We had a whole conversation about how our names are constantly pronounced wrong. True. So it's a real-life thing that happens. <laughs> they travested it. Hello, this is my friend Nut Scamander. <laughs> Nuts. Scoominder. Scoominder. On that note, uh, thank you for listening to our show today. Pronounce show, not shall. (laughs) For our listeners, Lauren's last name is pronounced shows, not shows. Yes, if you guys want to know what Lauren's name is, it's Lauren M. Lissa Shows. M apostrophe Lissa. If you have any uh, questions or concerns, and I know that we are, uh, you know, struggling to get episodes up right now um but you know give us time we'll get back on it we're just we're figuring everything out um but in the meantime if you want to send us a message you can email us at the sorting chat at almost said dot com that's not how email works the sorting chat at gmail.com you can we're at the sorting chat on twitter facebook.com slash the sorting chat you can also listen to old episodes at the sorting chat dot com our music was recorded and written by Zach Stedman. <laughs> Dale's husband. Zuckery Stedman. Um, and, uh, and it's great. And we love it. I guess we'll do our spell now. So Travis, to you, thank you for listening to the snorting shoot. And <laughs> <laughs> may your, all your d- days be Travis and bright. I'm very tired. Good night. Good night.